What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. Welcome to episode 141 of the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where we sit down with some of America's greatest leaders, find out how they have learned to lead with their faith out in front. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike Lynch, and it is my honor to be on this leadership journey with you as we're all seeking to be the leaders that we were created to be in the spaces and the places that God has put us. Well, I hope if you are a guy listening, you had a great Father's Day weekend. I hope you got to celebrate. If your dad's still around, you got to celebrate him. I hope you were celebrated well. Uh, For all you ladies, I know that it was uh, another holiday where you had to do all the work, but we sure appreciate it. That is some good, good stuff. Well, today, you know, we're all about adding value to leaders. Today, we get to sit down with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. We're going to talk about her new book called Let's Talk for Dads and Daughters. But we're also going to get in a lot to the work that she does with men. She has a phenomenal podcast called the Dad Whisperer Podcast that is so, so good. You know, I think for every guy, we're all striving to be great dads, great husbands, or if we're not either yet, for us to be that in the future. If you're a lady, you're always trying to figure out how to help your guy be the best he can be. And so today really sort of strikes both of those things. I think the the content we're going to hit today is going to make you think, it's going to challenge you, and it's going to push you to be the best you can be. And, and the reality is talking, communicating, is the key to everything. And we're gonna we're gonna dive in on that subject really well. So I don't know where you're listening from. I don't know what's gotten you to where you are, but I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pause life for a couple minutes while you're driving, turn your phone over while you're listening, and I want you to listen to Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield as she shares her heart, her research, her stories, because I think it's going to nail you right where you are. So pull up a chair and listen in to my conversation with the amazing leader therapist, author, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Let's talk. Well, Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Lynch with the Leader. It is an honor to have you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you, Mike. You know, I love the new book you've got out. Now, this book doesn't just come from somebody who just decided to write about dads and daughters. You've got a history working with dads. Give everybody a little bit of your background. Yeah, well, it was in December of 2009. I happened to be reading like a lot of us do in Luke 1 and Luke 2, right? The whole birth of Jesus section. And I get to verse 17 of Luke 1, Mike. And like any other day, I'm just reading this passage. I've read a thousand times about how Zechariah is told that his yet-to-be-born son, John, will help turn the hearts of fathers to their children, not the heads, the hearts. And I literally heard God whisper to my spirit and say, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. That's an exact quote. And I'm like, what? I was 49 at the time, 
you know, I'd been mentoring girls since I was 19. I'm 30 years in. I'm a professional counselor licensed, you know, and everything going, lead man, fathers, what? And you know how when it's God's voice, it sticks with you? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't go away. Two days later, I'm blow drying my hair and I just hear the name, The Abba Project. Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic and men love a project. Do That's I hear right. an amen? And so I went, whoa, okay. So it just stayed with me. So the next month, I'm talking no lead time, really. I emailed 11 dads whose daughters at the time were my counseling clients in their teens or their 20s. And I said, how would you like to join me once a month for six months to see if there's a change in you, your daughter, and your relationship? Mm. 10 of the 11 said, we're in. In fact, the 11th did my second year just for, for, for the notation there. Yeah. But really what ended up happening, Mike, is that at month five, I'm like, are you guys ready to be done? They said, no, we went a year. And every month, God as a father would download the next theme for the next month. So I would either write the material or collect it from, a, from other authors I respect or researchers. And that still is the curriculum I'm using today. 12 years later, it's the same model. In fact, it's the, it's the template that I used for my first book, which came out in 14 called Dad. Here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart where I'm just unfolding and unpacking for men some things that their daughters may not be able to tell them. And I'm like, do you know that every time we look in the mirror, all we do is criticize ourselves for every flaw. And you look in front of the mirror and go, looking pretty good today, aren't I? Yeah. You know, like it's a, so imagine, Dad, the power of you taking a dry erase marker or sticky notes and on that exact mirror that she looks in and the enemy gives her every lie about herself you are writing messages that affirm her, that say you're praying for her, you love her, you're so glad you're her father. Imagine the power. And I now, Mike, have dads across the United States that have told me I don't go anywhere without this dry erase marker. I'm even on the road for work and I write on the mirror in the hotel and send it to her. Like, I want to see a revival and an awakening among fathers in this nation beyond what I was doing in Portland, Oregon, And I've now moved to Arkansas, so I'm in a crazy upheaval of my life. Don't quite know what God's going to do here, because I just got married last year to a man that has been a colleague, wrote the foreword to my first book. And uh, his name is Dr. Ken Canfield, founded the National Center for Fathering 30 years ago. So we share a kindred spirit passion. He's a widower, and God brought our, our stories and our lives together. But that's really the long and the short of it to say, I am called by God to equip fathers to lead in pursuit of their daughter's hearts, because that's what God said has to turn is the hearts of fathers. Or he says in Malachi 4, 6, he'll come and strike the land with what? A curse. That's right. And I think we see the impact of that. So I am all about championing men. There's the bottom line. <laughs> I love that. And you made a quote early in the book I thought was so good that men would rather do nothing than do something wrong. So I want to I unpack that. I think that is so true. And I think every man would go guilty. <laughs> I get it. I just don't want to screw up. I don't because we all come home from the hospital with a bundle, right? And this baby we're not prepared for. And now we're asked to raise someone of the opposite sex, which is different than us. Right. And we find ourselves pulling back. What have you learned about men about why they would rather do nothing than do something wrong? And how would you challenge that? Right. So that happens to be one of the observations that I've made over the past 12 years, 
And the way I say it is I've been flying from my planet of Venus to your planet of That's Mars. Right. And, and I've, I've actually grown and become bilingual. I speak Martian and Venusian now. I'm still learning Martian. But, but in that course of time, that was one of my observations. I'm like, you know what? You guys would rather do nothing than do it wrong. And they're like, yep, pretty much. Which I follow up then with, but you know that doing nothing is doing it wrong. They go, yeah. But here's then always my third thing I say, Mike, is, but I know you want to do it right. That's right. And every time they say that's true, that's why they keep coming and say, teach me what I don't know. Tell me what to do to fix it. Help me know what I don't know. Because a lot of you men may never go to a therapist's office and you might not hear a sermon on this. So I'm wanting to bring to you without asking for directions, practical ways that you can pursue your daughter's heart. Because I know that you would rather do nothing than risk failure or sometimes it's even even risking i would say vulnerability sometimes that whole humility piece with knowing you tried and she said dad that was a miss you you're gonna have to expand your capacity for some of those uncomfortable feelings when you are flying to another planet learning another language and really i think of myself kind of as guiding men in language school for nine months of the alba project that's we do once a month for nine months and that's a school year isn't it like it's like language school you're learning a different language and i believe and i've heard many men affirm this that by pursuing your daughter's heart you're expanding your capacity to understand not only all the women in your life because you're you're married to or were married to a daughter so a lot of men go, you know, this is really helping me with my wife or my ex-wife or the women at work. And, and even one dad profoundly said, I'm even a better manager at work because I'm learning skills to slow down, to actively listen. To, I've learned there's actually an art to asking good questions. In fact, Mike, can I just give dads listening right now off the top a practical way to ask good questions? Yep. See, we're not even getting in. I am not about, hey, it's the Michelle show. Let's just yeah. talk about what I've done. I'm like, man, I want to equip you with more resources, more tools in your fathering toolbox than you've ever had before. Because if we have women who are invested in well by their dads, our entire culture, our entire nation mm. will be healthy, healthier. I mean, I've been to Washington, D.C. right after the march with the Me Too movement on that day. And I read these signs all in front of the Capitol, these women are shouting at the top of their lungs, listen to me, tell me I have value, hear me. And I'm saying, why are women shouting to be validated, to be told they're worthy? I wish I could have been there that day to do interviews on their father wounds and father voids. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of well-meaning dads, especially Christian dads, don't even realize that work has taken a priority, their own you know, their own schedule, their own self-care at times. It's like all about that. And they just don't, they leave raising the, the daughter up to mom. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, dad, at the end of the day, God didn't say your wife could cover that base. She needs you. And if you don't hear it enough, dad, you matter. Mm -hmm. In fact, let, I'm, I haven't forgotten. This is a scenic route. Welcome to Venus. I'm going to come yeah. back to the main highway <laughs> and tell you my tool dads. But I just want to remind you that the more your daughter feels a connection to you. That's what the research says, feels connection. Mike, is that a heart word or a head word? It's a heart word. It's a heart word. If your daughter feels connected to you, every area of her life will be stronger and better. The research confirms that if she feels connected to you, 
she will get better grades in school. She's more likely to finish high school and attend college. She will have less body dissatisfaction and healthier weight. She will have greater self-esteem, lower rates of suicide, less teen pregnancy. She will be more likely to hold steady employment. And dads love this one. She will delay her sexual debut. Come on. Yep. Who would have ever thought that dads, do we do we get as blunt here, Mike, as to say they're a contraceptive? I mean, they're yeah. they're going to be a proactive investment in their daughter's life so she won't go looking for love in all the <laughs> wrong places. But and she will have more pro-social empathy. Do we need that now more than ever? On and on and on it goes. So, dad, in case you never hear it enough. I want you to hear it from me, from my heart. And I would say at this point in life, 61 years old, I'm a seasoned expert in this area of father-daughter in the nation. And I don't say that to exalt myself. I'm saying that's the position God has given me where for some odd reason, men go, Michelle, we're listening to you. Mm. No wonder your podcast is called The Dad Whisperer because you don't shout at us. We don't like women shouting at us. So coming back, I know I'm talking fast, wild, furious, because I want to pack as much in as I can. I'm not going to let men be bored and fall asleep on this one. <laughs> but men, here is how you can ask good questions. Okay, this is a tool for your fathering toolbox. You use the last word of the sentence she just gave you or the key word in the sentence she just gave you to ask a follow-up question. In the front of it, you put, remember in school, we learned who, what, when, where, why, how. Yep. But dad, I say, throw out the why question. It's usually looping. Why'd you do that? I don't know. You don't get anywhere with a why. You do who, what, when, where, what, how, okay? So Mike, let's you and me do a demo. So I, I'm a dad, you're the daughter. I pick you up from school. You're 17 years old. I'm like, hi, hon, um, how was school today? What did she say? It was good. There you go. And you as a dad go, great. You say to yourself, if she wanted to tell me more, She'd tell me more on Venus. We say, if you cared more, you would have asked more. We're not thinking it consciously, but that's under the surface. You get home and your wife goes, how was her day, honey? And you go, she had a good day. Yeah. And your wife knows that's a non-answer on Venus. (laughs) That was a throwaway answer, but you men, and I applaud you for this. You're like, I'm not going to intrude. I'm not going to invade. I'm here. She knows that. Nope. Dad, that's not how we're wired. Yep. We're going to make you work for it. So here's a trick, a fathering tool for your toolbox is to say, she said, good. You can say, how was your day? Good. See one of those who, what, what, yep. what if your day was good? See, it helps open her up. You don't have to work very hard. Sometimes I find men are going, Oh, what do I ask next? Um, how are your friends? And you're going, you're working too hard. Yeah. This makes it easy. You just listen for a keyword or the last word. So say she's a talker. Introverts might just say good. A talker goes, oh, dad, it was really good. Because today in, in like choir, like it was really weird. Because, you know, Austin, I really like him. And he looked at me and I was so embarrassed. And I, my face turned red and all my friends looked at me. And you're just like, what on earth just happened there? I'm lost in the words. Okay, what might have been a key word in that sentence? Okay, Mike, I'm putting you on the spot. What might it be a key word? What were a couple of key words? Austin. Austin was the key word, yeah. Austin was the key word, you're right. right. It might be friends. 
Yep. It might be quite, it might be, but you're right. You, you go, okay, I was lost in there. Okay. What's a question. Give me, give me a follow-up with who, what, when, where, how, and Austin. What could tell, you ask? Tell me about Austin. Give me there a little background go. on Austin. Tell me yep. about Austin. See, and she's going to open up then and yep. know you heard her, but you don't have to work as hard. Number two tool for your fathering toolbox. Ready, dads? This is the number one tool I've had men tell me that I've coached and mentored and led that they love the most. I'd say asking good questions and learning how to do that is, is probably number two. But number one, it's a two-word trick of the trade. All you do on the front end of anything you want to ask her is put the two words, I'm wondering. Mm. So I had a dad once named Andy that goes, Megan, she, she's my fourth kid. I'm a, I have four boys and her. I knew boys. I got this daughter. I, she's skipping school senior year. She doesn't care. She won't talk to me. I ask her, what's up? Why didn't she go? You know, and this guy a, was a fire chief. Like he was used to men and leading men and fathering men. And he's like, I am lost with this one. So he learns this trick. He goes, what do you got for me, doc? I'm like, put, I'm wondering. Cause he goes, why aren't you going to school? Why didn't you go to school? Man, nothing. Claws come out. She bites his head off or nothing. Wall goes up. So he goes home. This is a true story. He goes, Hey, Megan, I'm wondering why didn't you go to school today? She goes, Oh, cause we had a late start. And she's like, what just, she just told the story. Mm. I go, dad, your tone changed. Mm. She heard it as an inquiry rather than a blast and an attack at her. She's not going to talk to you if it's an attack. Every man listening is like, yeah, I've been there, done yeah. that. Yep. Right? You're a dad of a daughter. Did you ever come, you know, as a pastor? You were used to leading. You're used to Never. I never no. did that. Other people <laughs> did. I never happened in my house. Yeah, never. exactly, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm one of four girls and my dad was a pastor and same thing. Yep. And I'm like, there were so many times, even though my dad and I are very close, where he really missed getting to my heart because he'd come in with assumptions rather than actually asking me a question and then listening. Yeah. You know, my, my second book is called Let's Talk, Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. And Ken said, you could have called this Let's Talk and Listen. Yes. <laughs> It's really about listening, but I'm telling you, Mike, okay, you've been a pastor how many years? Uh, this is 25 at this year. It's 30 overall. Okay, 33 decades. Yep. How many times have you heard men, either you've taught it or you've heard it taught where you're there, where men have been taught how to ask good questions, how to, to pursue the hearts of their daughter or the women, their wife? Maybe it's theory. Uh, yeah, less than less day. than five. Less okay. than five. Yeah. Okay. Something's wrong with this. Yeah. Picture. No wonder, even in ministry homes, we have kids going off sideways. And dads come to me, ministry dads saying, I I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I've done wrong. Yep. But by what I'm seeing, I don't know how to how to reel her back in or regain ground that I've lost. Or a metaphor I use is rebuild the bombed out bridge. Yep. And so that's my passion is so that we can get on the front end of having dads have a, a, a broader skill set rather than doing bridge repair later. So I don't I have done a lot of time. No, that's really good. I love that. And 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 
to me, I know we had a guy on our podcast years ago named Bob TD from Campus Crusade, and mm-hmm. he does their leadership development. And his and his whole theory is you lead by asking questions. The there greatest leadership tool because you can lead a millennial, you can lead a boomer, you can lead you can lead a Gen Xer. If you ask questions, you yes. you're saying I care about you. Yes, I'm interested in what you're going through. I know Andy Stanley said years ago it was really good. He's a phenomenal dad, and I had the blessing of knowing Andy's kids. Oh, cool. Andy said one of the things he and Sandra would do every night is ask them, "Did anything today hurt your heart?" That yeah. was something to ask all their children. So yes. when a dad, a, a dad, let's say a dad is his kids are in high school now, and he's like, "Dang, Doctor Michelle, Mike, I've I've just jacked this thing up. I haven't done anything wow. right. Is it ever too late to start trying to do what's right? What would you say? Absolutely not. It is mm. never too late. And I've got a story for you right off the top of my head about that. Three weeks ago, Ken and I flew to Spokane, Washington, and did a father-daughter day. These girls ranged in age from 9 to 17. And I gathered them in a circle in the afternoon and said, give me one word to describe what this day has been like with your dad. Mind you, this is a very small deposit because we got to do a lot in one short day, right? And three of the girls said, fun. I'm like, fun? This, I, I wouldn't have called it that, but they got this one-on-one time with their dad. And then there were built-in questions for them to talk. And one said, exciting. One's, one said, opening. And I was blown away because that's what I had dads in the ABBA project. That's word to describe nine months. And these daughters, every one of them had a positive response, I'll tell you. But that's not the bottom line of the story I wanted to tell you. The man who hosted this is in his 60s. His 40-year-old daughter lives in another state. He asked her to come. So she flew in for the day. They're in the back of the room, right? She was part of the group we were leading. She called her and said, tell me what that day was like for you. That it was one of the best days she had with her. Mm-hmm. That they talked about things they've not talked about. That she was now after a very estranged year, her dad, they hadn't, yeah, it sounds like a strange year. They had been estranged for a year. More healing happened in that way. I love that. And then they broke up into groups separate as dads and daughters. But do you see my passion for this whole thing about talking? Mm. I mean, in fact, one of my friends that was in the ABBA project, I couldn't come up with a title and I had longer things. And he goes, why don't why don't you just call it let's talk i'm like that is a download because (laughs) it is an my daughter just let dropped out of her first semester of college because she was raped she was a virgin and she just called my wife today slept with two guys right after which talking to me what would you I've lost you Michelle oh okay can you not hear me 
Okay, so Mike, let me tell you a current story. This is super powerful. So about three weeks ago, Ken and I flew to Spokane, Washington for a father-daughter event. It was a day to bring dads and daughters together. And these girls were ages nine to 17. Mm. And in the afternoon, I gathered all the girls together. We sat in a circle and I said, give me one word to describe what this day has been like with your dad. And what was powerful is that every single one said a positive word. Three said fun. I'm thinking fun with this. I wouldn't have called the event fun, but they said that just to be with their dad with his undivided attention. One said eye-opening. That's what I have dads in the ABBA project say after nine months. Mm. One said meaningful. One said exciting. I'm like what? All because dad gave his time to her that day. And the most powerful beyond that, really, I would say impact is that the man who ran the event asked his 40-year-old daughter to fly in from another state and be there that day. Mm. And Ken just talked to her last week, Mike. She said, this day was healing for me and my dad. We've been, we've been in a rough patch, a lot of estrangement the past year, especially. She said, we got to talk things out. He heard me. And he listened. And she said, this day was monumental in our relationship. So dads, if you ever think it's too late, listen to that daughter who said that one day brought me and my dad together. And I'm hopeful that this will now course correct them enough to keep the conversation going, which is why I wrote this book. Let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters on 60 topics where a dad can open up the book and let his daughter on that dad-daughter date, dad do them once a month with each one of your daughters. She'll expect it. She'll look forward to it. Take her anywhere she wants to go eat. Let it be your place. Or if she doesn't like food and she doesn't want to do food, it's too many things and it's too loud, go somewhere quiet, but where it's your place. Let her pick the conversation theme for that day. And then you've got the script in front of you so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And then if your daughter says, that's a stupid question, dad. You just roll me under the bus and go, I know Dr. Michelle came up with that one. That's right. Keep going to the next one. And so really the goal here is that dad, if you want to connect with your daughter's heart, it comes back to talking That's and right. listening. Because here's the, here's the formula. When your daughter opens her mouth, her heart opens. When her heart is open, your heart is open. So I am wanting to equip you to lead your daughter in conversations where she gets to figure it out by talking. That's what happens on Venus. So by being a sounding board to her, not only are you helping her grow, clarify where she's at, but then she bonds with you. How is that not a win-win? That's right. That's a win-win, dad. That's right. There are five sections in the book because I love that you're saying leading with a lynch because I am all about equipping dads to lead. I really believe a lot of men have been disempowered to lead in their own home. They take their kids to the youth pastor, to the mentor, to the counselor, to the tutor, to the coach. And at the end of the day, if you look at scripture, it's dad has to turn his heart Mm. to his Mm. kids. We look at Deuteronomy 6. It's about buying these words to your heart. But this is about as you walk it out. And again, like I've said, every dad I know wants to be a better leader, but doesn't know what that means. Dad, this is a book, a tool in your tool belt 
where you have the words in front of you, let your daughter see you be humble. You don't have to know all the answers, but I give you a starting script. Hi, honey. I'd like to talk with you today about dot, dot, dot. Mm. And you can modify it if you want, but when daughters see their dads humble enough to learn from even from me, as I'm think of me as a mentor, I'm on your shoulder going, dad, you can do it. Here's some words. And you get to then write down what she says. Your daughter didn't come with a playbook, but I'm going to help you write one. And you can write down what she says, either in the book and little writing or get an adjunct book. Imagine the power years later to say, do you remember when you were 13? And you said your main dream to be a world changer was to be a clothes designer. Remember that? And she's now a decade later and she's designing software. And you're like, wow, let's talk about how that ties. You become the holder of her dreams. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes like a time capsule that you can unearth later. So really my five goals in the book is lead her to laugh, lead her to look, lead her to love, lead her to lament and lead her to listen. Would it be helpful at all, Mike, if I just broke those down a little bit? That or... would be wonderful. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So man, then you can know what, what the goal is here. So lead her to laugh. This is really good for daughters like 12 and under because some of the content later is a little deep, but you can pick and choose because again, one, I do, I do one later in the book on her personality with clothing. Well, a little girl would love that. So you might have to, but she may not want to talk about suicide. So yeah. you're like, you're going to have to pick and choose. And really my next goal, Mike, is to write, let's talk to TOO. Yep. That's more for younger daughters, because I've had even just this past week, I had someone writing, oh, my daughter's five. I want to get your book, but it seems geared to older girls. So mm-hmm. I know there's a need here. She said, where can you direct me? I, I didn't know where to direct her. Yeah. So I, that's the one I sense is on my heart next, but lead her to laugh is really important dad even if you have a bombed out bridge with your daughter or if she's young laughter is actually really powerful because neuroscientists confirm that brains our brains release chemicals when we laugh in ways that not only strengthen long-term relationships but they increase social bonding mm, mm. so dad when you i mean think about it right do you have a lot of laughter in your home mike oh is that my gosh. bonding thing? big time yeah Right. So some dads love to be the jokester and then don't know how to move on past that. Right. And that's why I want to I want to encourage you to start there, because if your daughter is maybe 18 and 17 and 16 and she's in a rebellious stage, laughter is probably out the window. Right. Like It's so heavy. So there might be different reasons that starting with laughter would be really helpful. So here's a question, dad, you could ask your daughter, what item of my clothing would you love to see me get rid of? <laughs> Let her make fun of you. That's right. My dad buys, oh my goodness, he buys jeans. And I won't say the name, but it's one of those big box stores. I'm like, dad, they look like it. Like, get rid of those. Don't roll your white socks up your leg with sandals. (laughs) Not a good look, you know? So don't take it personal, dad. Let her make fun of you. Another question you might want to ask is, do you ever think about your wedding day? And you might go, that's not laughter, but it's fun, funny, yeah. fun, laughing. Tell me about your wedding day. What colors do you want? What flowers do you want? What do you want your dress to look like? Where do you want it to be? And you just had a daughter get married. That's Did right. you get to enter into those kinds of conversations with her? 
Absolutely. I mean, we had talked about it for years and that was always a dream of hers. Absolutely. How much of the dream came to be? Oh, I mean, 90% of it. Really? Of it. I don't think she ever dreamed she'd get married in the town we live in. Other than that, I think it was all part of the dream. I think if I'd have told her at 16, you're going to get married in Ackworth, our hometown, she'd have gone, you're crazy. <laughs> but but that's actually where she chose. But wow. those are, you know, standing, you and I talked about a little bit, standing there with her was like the culmination of so many dreams and getting to experience that. And it wasn't just a, I'm giving her away. It was a, I'm letting her go into her future because, and and it's something you hit on. We don't have any regrets. We don't have any, you know, we didn't do everything right by any stretch, but there aren't lump regrets either. Yeah. Because really dad, it's not about being perfect. That's right. It's about being present. Yep. And the more you can make amends, then the stuff gets cleaned out. And again, maybe this has just been my neck of the woods. But I have found a lot of men have not really been taught how to ask forgiveness. That's right. They'll say, sorry, sorry. Or they say nothing. Yep. But you have to follow it with, will you forgive me? Yep. And it cleans it out. And I'm telling you, men, it's a world and game changer. Big time. Okay. I'm going to give you one more question, dad. So if there's a dad there listening that maybe doesn't want to buy my book, by the way, it is on Audible. Both of them yep. are in the ebooks too. But if you don't ever read this thing, you I'm just giving you some for free right here off the top. You could also say to your daughter, what are three outrageous things you wish you had the nerve to do? Hmm. And then you join with her in that. So there's, there's three for the, just off the top. Okay, that's leader to laugh. Let, next one. Lead her to love. This one is about loving, learning to love herself yeah. so that she can give out love to the world around her because we give out what we have. So if your daughter is stuck in a season where she hates her body, she hates her life, she hates guys, she hates God, she hates you, she hates rules, you're you're gonna you're gonna see a different daughter go into the world when she leaves your home. So this is an opportunity. And even if she's already out of the home, you can talk with her about all kinds of things. I'll give you some examples about her self-esteem, body image. I've had dads in the ABBA project go, no, I kind of leave that to mom. That's kind of weird. No. Again, you heard the research. A daughter will have less body dissatisfaction as you speak into her life about mm, these things. Mm. What part of your body are you not comfortable with? Do you hate? What part of your body do you love? And then you can speak into her life saying, really? I've never noticed that you have big hips. I promise you what dad, but she will replay that in her oh, head. Yeah. We talk about being single romance and royalty things, choices in her clothing. I mean, there's another one. I've had dad say, what do you do when your daughter's ready to walk out the door for school? She's in seventh grade and you go, no daughter of mine's going out of the house like this. I did a dad's and donut day. And one dad asked me that. And I said, you want the honest answer? I'll give you my take. Somebody else might have a different one. By any chance, did, did, was there any conflict with you and your wife after your comment of no daughter? Oh, my goodness. Then I'm dealing with my wife. We're fighting after she leaves because she's like, don't be so mean. And I said, Dad, here's the thing. She probably was planning her outfit since the night before. Yeah. That's not the time as she walks out the door to say change. And you've just set the whole course of her day sideways. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, so she wore an, an outfit with her midriff showing that day or whatever. What if you were to sit down and say, honey... I know how guys think. 
And that, that outfit, I think is going to awaken and arouse some things. And guys, I want to set you out with an assignment today. And you can pull in with your best friend if you want. And we're going to talk about it at the end of the day. I want you to notice how guys treat you today. Do you get more attention? Do they flirt with you more? Do they touch you on your butt? Do they like, let's do an experiment today on what this clothing does in terms of the responses you get from girls and guys. Mm. How's that sound? I mean, how's that sit, Mike? Would that be a game changer rather than no daughter of mine's going out like that and you force this compliance and most likely once she gets out of the house or she might even change at school and you don't know it. That's right. See, so practically speaking, why don't we talk about this on the front end? And I've got a question here for that. So really lead her to love. Here's some questions you could ask dad. You could ask your daughter, what are, in your view, what are three of your greatest strengths and gifts? And then she tells you, and then you tell her three that you see in her. See, super practical. Here's another one. You could say, how would you define world changer? Hmm. What do you want to do to be a world changer? And how could I support you in that dream? And she may say, I want to be the best pilot since Amelia Earhart. And you think, oh my gosh, that's going to cost me. Come on, dad. Yep. This stuff's going to mean you got to pull out out your wallet, Mm. maybe sacrifice to fund her dreams. Truth is, if she's not wired for it, she'll peter out. I mean, one of our granddaughters, still funny as I'm a new grandma to 14, (laughs) but she's getting married. But, but one of them said, I want to be a golfer. Wow. So last year, that was part of the present for her birthday was investing in these golf clubs, not real expensive ones here a year later. She's not into it anymore. Yeah. So the truth is, Dad, you put minor amount in early, but if it's her dream and gift, then she knows you were in the the stand we're on. You know. So there's there's a couple for love. Okay. Next one is lead her to look. So here's the truth, Dad. There's a lot of heavy conversations that, truth be told, you'd rather avoid. Let her go have those with mom. But imagine if you get to weigh in on them with her, Mm -hmm. but you have to ask first, would you be open to my input on that topic? If she says no, you've got to shut your mouth. This can't be lecture time. That's the best way to push her away because she's like, you don't ever hear what I think. Mm. And all we do is disagree and you hurt my heart. You hurt my feelings. So really my goal and lead her to look is to look under the hood at deeper issues. I mean, isn't that way with a car? If it isn't working, you got to lift the the lid. Is there any corrosion? Did any wires come apart? You got to look under the hood. That's what this section's about. So as the book goes on, it's getting a little more intense. So some of the topics here are on how she can stand strong, stand alone. It's on being a false self versus true self. It's on anxiety, depression, substance use, spirituality, guys, sex, sexting, same-sex attraction, which right now this whole thing about gender identity has blown up even since this book came out. And so I I wish now, rather than same-sex attraction, I'd also written about just gender identity. And I I do dad-daughter Friday blogs. Guys can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com and sign up because I'm constantly wanting to give dads resources on hotbed issues that keep coming up with their daughters. But that one, even on pornography, bullying, cyberbullying, cutting, and even suicide. And I say, if your daughter isn't dealing with suicide, I guarantee she has someone around her that is. So you get to be that sounding board, dad. Okay, so that's lead her to look. Next section is lead her to lament. And Ken has told me, I think this is the strongest chapter or section. It's a bunch of chapters in the whole book because 
If there is stuff that's hurting your daughter, she's lamenting, it might be hurt from you, she's grieving. It's from others, loss of a pet, loss of a friend, loss of a dream, loss of a job, loss of a guy. That's the stuff that takes on a life of its own, just like physically, right? If you don't attend to an injury, it can often get worse as it festers. So dad, this is an opportunity for you to lead conversations on, on wounds from you, voids from you where you've missed reaching her heart. But it's again, like I said, it might be on a parent's divorce. It might be on an affair a dad has had or a mom has had. It could be on sibling rivalry and being adopted, but some of those deeper issues. So let me just give dads a couple questions you could ask on that one. Here's my favorite one to encourage dads. I'll lead her to look on wounds. You say, honey, can you think of any words I've spoken to you that have stuck with you, mm-hmm. that have made you feel better about yourself? Followed up with, can you think of any words I've spoken to you that have stuck with you that have made you feel worse about yourself? I guarantee the one that received the hurt remembers it longer than the one who delivered it. Yep. And so if you can go back and clean that out now, she then doesn't have to carry that into adulthood. Right. In fact, I've asked men in the ABBA project more than once. I'll say by a show of hands, and I it's 12 in a year. I'll say, how many of you are married to a woman or were married to a woman who is still dealing with father issues? Yep. Now, almost every hand goes up, if not all. So dad, you get to clean stuff out now. So your daughter isn't carrying things into adulthood that you may not even know you've said or done, Mm -hmm. but you have to take the initiative to lead the conversation or your daughter won't know you're okay hearing it. Mm -hmm. And if you have a daughter that's more of an introvert, you can write it out. You can text it out. You can hand it to her in a card or written because some daughters are like this is too intense face to face and that's where the book helps you can look down you don't have to just stare into each other's eyes you know but another one that's on leader look ask her where has it been the easiest to be your true self your authentic self where has it been the hardest to be your true self and what can i do to support you in being your true self so there's just a couple examples on that one fourth section is lead her as i just said to lament so you're saying, what have I done to hurt you? And how yep. can I clean that out? Or how have others hurt you? And what can I do to help? Maybe it's write a letter to that person that we never mail, but I get to be a safe witness to your pain. Mm. So that kind of, and then the last section is called lead her to listen. And this is where we flip the script. So dad, you hand your daughter the book and she now gets to ask you questions about your life. Because truth be told, you hear me say that a lot, truth be told, because I'm like, I want to be a true speaker. And if it's truth, it'll bear witness with your spirit. You're like, yep. I have discovered that we have an increasing problem with interpersonal skill sets building among millennials, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, because it's all not all that's an exaggeration but a lot of it is now in text or in print, and it's not face-to-face interpersonal skill set building so dad you're actually helping your daughter expand her skill set as she's asking you about your childhood your relationship with your dad about romantic your romantic histories you know about things that you wish been different in your life she's now got the script there as she's learning to have it go through her to ask you about your life. And again, it's going to be age appropriate. You'll say less to a six-year-old than a 16-year-old. But I've had some dads worry that their daughters will make the same mistakes. Mm. 
And what we have to remember is, you know, in book of Psalms, David said, when I kept silent, That's right. he said about my sin, my bones wasted away through my groaning the day long. And that the more we get it out, because I think it could be sin done to us or our own. It, it really, I've never seen it, it bear dividends that are, that are good. And, you know, my parents told me when I was 12, that they were pregnant with got married. And I was mm. just at the age of starting to do the math, but it was in two different calendar years. So I hadn't quite put it together yet. And I knew I was a preemie and I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. And I said, everyone will look at me as the oldest and know about your sin. I'm now the one that, that holds that. I'm the symbol of your mm. bad thing. Sobbed and sobbed. I now wouldn't regret that decision they made for the world because they stopped being silent and my dad's dad died an alcoholic of gangrene. He had been homeless, lived in a box car, and he left their home in Chicago. My dad was in gangs from the time he was 12. He had no template about how to be a dad. And his mom put an iron on his dad's face. That was the last time he ever saw his dad. Three different last names among the kids. I mean, they had no idea how to, how to do father-relating. Mm -hmm. So then my dad has four girls. Are you kidding me? And he becomes a pastor, but nobody taught him in seminary about fathering. Mm. He would pick stuff up. But really my dad, one of the most valiant things he's done on this leader to listen is he goes to a men's conference and they, we, I think I was in junior high, maybe no, I bet I was high school at the time. And they go, think of a way that you can be a better dad. He goes, what do girls like? They like perfume. So my dad started this thing probably 25, 30, probably 30 years ago where he's taken his daughters at Christmas to Nordstrom and he sits in the perfume section and quote unquote listens. He, he'll take as long as it takes and he'll take as many pictures as I want. And I love pictures. It's my, it's there's six love languages. That's <laughs> photography. And he will let me put perfume all the way up my arm, both arms. Cause you don't know how it is till it's on your yep. skin. And my dad will buy whatever perfume I want. And I'm not mm. lying to you. One of them a few years ago was $185 for one bottle. You realize that all year, every what am I thinking, Mike? Mm. You're thinking about I'm, your dad. Yeah. I'm thinking about my dad. Now, again, you put your money where your mouth is, where your treasure is, your money, there your heart is. So I would buy my dad that once I bought my dad $175 thing for Christmas, some scent, but to have him do it on me is really hard. Mm. But do you see dad? He listened to the scent, and we have, we've got a repertoire all the way back into the nineties of dad, daughter dates at Christmas with me and my sisters of dad buying us perfume. So dad, when your daughter gets to ask you questions about your life, another thing, my dad learned not to talk about life. It was too tough. That's right. But we did this thing where on Monday nights, we'd go grocery shopping. We just stopped this probably about four years ago. And for a number of years, on the way home, we'd go to Costco for dinner. Yeah, I'm cheap, cheap date. We do salad or pizza. And then we go to this big box, cheap store, buy stuff. I'm, I'm a bargain girl. I'm yeah. a pastor kid. But on the way home, 10 minutes, I'd say, Dad, tell me one story about your life. Tell mm. me one story. So this chapter was birthed out of me seeing the benefit of going, Dad, you mean when you skated on a pond in Chicago and it froze over, that's the scar on your, on your eyebrow. I never knew the story. Mm. And he goes, I slid on the ice and a can was frozen in the ice open and I cut my eyebrow, but that's not the best part. I went home. His mom sewed him up. Wow. They were so poor. They didn't have money to go to a doctor. 
So I'm hearing about my resilient dad, my creative, brave grandmother, and I am part of that lineage. Instead, I know the yucky stuff, but by my dad having a a, a certain amount of time, he finally got to the point one day where he goes, Michelle, I don't have any more stories. Mm. You've heard them. I said, tell me them again. And he would tell me if it was Christmas time, I'd hear Christmas story, or that would jog his memory of here's what would happen when I would you know, do little league out in Chicago. Here's when I rode horses. Here's when I was in the rodeo. Dad, your daughter needs to hear about your life. So here's a question your daughter could ask you. What is one of the most stupid things you've ever done? That is a great opener. Here's another one. She could ask you, what is something you learned the hard way that no one taught you? Hmm. Because here's the thing, dad, by you sharing your life, it's going to help you remember what you were like at her age. What's one of the most stupid things, dad, you've ever done when you were around my age is a great one, because you may be in a season where you forgot what it was like to be 12 and you're being super duper hard on her and it's not going so well as she's heading into adolescence. It's going to help you remember. So Mm. do you see, Mike, how the entirety of my goal is to equip men to what? Lead. Yep. Lead and listen, lead and listen, lead and listen. And so I trust that this conversation today will add a few more tools to father to the fathering toolbox of your listeners. And that's been helpful and practical. That's my goal. I love that. Final question I've got for you, Dr. Michelle, you know, God laid this on your heart. You know that the Lord tapped you on the shoulder and said, I've got something for you. Why do you think this matters so much to the Lord? Why do you think this is so big to his heart to want to see one of his children, you spend your life making a difference in this arena? What would you say? You know, I'm actually getting choked up on on that question. Um, This is so on my heart because I believe it's on the father's heart. Mm. This is God, the father's heart. Men, do you realize the responsibility and the privilege you have of representing God as a father? I mean, that is not an easy task. And most of you would say, no, thank you, pass. But God knew what he was doing. And he says, I want you to represent my heart. And I say to you, dad, be the reason your daughter turns to God as a father, not the reason she doesn't. So at the end of the day, I would have disqualified myself from this assignment to speak into the lives of men and lead men. Are you kidding me? This is nuts. I don't know men that go to men's conferences. I've been the first female at, in, at many of them where they're like, we don't usually have women come. I'm like, I know, crazy assignment. <laughs> Blame God, he gave it to me. I know, right. I know it's a no, no girls allowed club, but somehow they've invited me in one by one. And at the end of the day, None of you are perfect. I'm not perfect, but I know you want to get it right, as I said. And I want to leave you with one verse, because I believe it packs into one verse your fivefold goal as a father that represents the father's heart to your kids. And it's Luke 15, verse 20. And that's the prodigal son story. Mm. And it was the dad that initiated everything. He gives, right, his son resources to rebel. I mean, that is countercultural, if you ask me. And this is the red letter, all of its red letter. This is Jesus telling the story about his dad, 
because he wants us to know his dad. Yep. That's the whole reason John 14 to 17 is the whole thing is I'm in you and you're in me and I want you to know the father and yep. he's in you. And so this one chapter has one verse tucked in it, Mike, that has a fivefold goal of a, of a father that represents God as a father. That's why this is so close to my heart because I want to see dads represent their father in heaven so that when mm. they're not there, their daughters can run to a dad in heaven who's always there. And it's that you won, you look, and you see. This is what the father did. He was looking for his son to come home. But he stood there and he looked and he saw his child. Number two, he ran toward. He initiated action, ran toward his son. Number three, he embraced his son. Oh, no, excuse me. Three is filled with compassion. Filled with compassion. Number four, then he, then he embraced. And five, he kissed. But that filled with compassion piece, you, dad, the more you see into your daughter's life, look at her, where she's at, not just tell her what's wrong, but hear her. Listen, you're representing God as a father. And when a daughter knows she's loved by her father in heaven and her father on earth, there is nothing that can stop her from being an influence in this world for Jesus Christ. And that's what, the, what really is at the core of my heart. I love when I listen to something and I get challenged. You know, I got off the call with uh, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield and I was just challenged. You know, I was challenged in what kind of dad I was and what kind of man I was. And I just, you know, it wasn't a challenge to make me feel bad. It was a challenge to make me get better. I hope you felt that way as well. That was so, so good. I hope you'll tune into her podcast, pick up her new book called Let's Talk Dads and Daughters. If you're the parent of a young daughter, must get very, very good book to uh, go back to. Well, in our next episode, I think you are going to be super blessed. It's going to come out again next week. We sit down with the CEO and president of Compassion International, Jimmy Miato. Absolutely one of the most fascinating, one of the most well-rounded, one of the um, one of those people that I couldn't wait to sit with because our questions could have gone a million directions. It, it could have been about his years leading a massive church organization. It could have been about his years uh, being an Olympian. It could have gone a million different directions, but yet every direction was incredibly fascinating and just built on what we had learned last. And it just, it's just absolutely fascinating. And he is helping now churches fulfill their Jesus-given mandate to redeem and restore the world for his name's sake. Unbelievable. Jimmy Miato, whether it's talking about his time at Harvard Business School, a member of being in the Olympics, the guy is just absolutely fascinating. And you're going to love it. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. And I, I, I hate harping on this, but it helps people so much, though. Hit pause, go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening on, leave a rating and review because it truly does help other people find their way to us. Once again, thanks for being with us, and we'll be back with you again next week. Have a great day, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.